Welcome back to The Man Cave, the only podcast hosted by two best friends with nothing in common except their first names. I'm Mandy Kaplan. And I'm Mandy Fabian. And usually every week we argue over uh, movies and television, but not this time, folks. We're changing it up because everybody's in a strike. But oddly enough, the Mandys do agree on that. So grab your couch. We're going to do a quickie strike thing. Let's get to it. Cut this shit. Emergency podcast. Oh my God. Here we are. Most exciting. Like I actually felt people leaning forward on the edges of their seats as I said those words. Yes. Yeah. It's very sexy time right now in Hollywood, guys. Really hot. And there's a lot of sweating and picketing and not talking about any of our projects. So in solidarity, we... This will be a silent 30-minute episode starting now. Wow. I love it. I I love a bit that goes on. We have a game. I know we're going to get to the strike, but have I ever told you about the game that my family plays where we all fall asleep? I think Uh, I have. I think you have, yeah. In airports, in lounges. And like, Mm -hmm. we will be asleep for 10 minutes until somebody wins. It's kind of epic. Anyway, that's not what we're doing today. Today we're talking about um about the strike. Yeah, we're not we're not writing right now. We're, oh well, we're writing, no. but we're not sending it to anyone. We're striking, we're not... striking, mm-hmm. strike. Oh, yeah. mm. is music allowed? Am I allowed to? Oh. Yeah, I think that's okay. They're not I've on got, strike. I've got a song in my heart always. I know. I know okay. musicians are not on strike because I'm going to see Taylor Swift tonight. What? <gasps> right. So I might be very different. Like next week when we begin our next episode because obviously because I will you have, will have had a transformative experience. Yeah, she's actually been creating earthquakes. Did you know about the thing in Seattle? Mm-mm. Her concert registered as an actual fucking earthquake. That's oh how God. much energy was coming off that place. <laughs> yeah. So um planning to be leave that place 10 years younger or at least act like an asshole. That's sure. 10 years younger, you know? Sleep around. Oh, can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're bringing Patrick, but he has to dress like a girl. That's the deal. It's a safe space for women, you know? Yes, yes. Um, my family did not go with the underwear idea, by the way. We, I had oh, to do a sparkly so jacket thing. Yeah, I wanted to put a scarf. I wanted to put big old lady panties on and shove a scarf in it and say it was the scarf in your drawer, but... It was vetoed, so it's still a brilliant. It's idea. a deep It'll cut. Have I didn't know it. It's a deep cut, <laughs> it and I forgot to loan you my granny panties that I always wear. So that's why you can't do it. <laughs> I've never seen your panties, and that seems like a crime this far into our friendship. It would have come up at some point. You've never seen my panties? No. Get- oh, I wear like a nice cotton brief, like real, <laughs> real coverage and support. Oh my god! I don't god. do thongs. I don't do high cut. It, what? Yeah, I it see, is 1972 up in here all the oh, time. I have a tragic thong situation going on that won't let go. Like, and I I don't ever go shopping, as you know. So my thongs are like 15 years old, which is disgusting. I mean, I admit that because okay. <laughs> they don't even hold up fabric wise. Now they're just all sort of rolling over. So it's just sort of like, yeah. But Aren't it's you better constantly trying to pick a wedge. That's my issue with thongs. I just feel like nothing belongs up in there all day. Uh, well, that's debatable. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I I haven't taken a hand mirror to it uh, lately, so I don't know what's going on really up there mm-hmm. or in there. But I feel like a thong is just a friendly, it's like friendly fire, you know? It's just... All right. It's part, it becomes part of the ecosystem. And especially when you've had them for 15 years, I feel like at this point, my underwear has molded to the shape of my asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But anyway, back to the strike. Yes. Speaking of... <laughs> assholes <laughs> molding to assholes the AMPTP uh is and all of the people that are making the television and movies they're uh they have ruined the business this is kind of the we'll do the shorthand version just in case anybody doesn't know about the strike which i think they probably do but netflix uh came along and said everybody should watch all the television for free and we're going to do a subscriber based thing and then everybody else followed suit and said, Netflix is getting money from Wall Street. We should follow what they're doing because it seems to be making them billions. But they were never actually disclosing any actual numbers about whether it was making the billions. So everybody else changed their model to follow a streamer model and poured millions and billions of dollars into that. And they're still not making any money. So the business is in trouble. Right. Well, the CEOs are making money. Making a lot of money. Right. But it's not a, you know, they're not sharing the wealth and it's not like everyone who works at Netflix is is being supported. And and they are their response to that is to say, well, we're struggling, so we can't pay writers a livable wage or actors a livable wage. Right. And I saw um, Sarah Miles, Emma Miles, Emma Miles. uh, She was on Orange is the New Black Mm -hmm. when the strike started. She showed her residuals and there I guess there are some residuals for actors on Netflix. So I don't know what they're bitching about. She was a series regular with 100 something episodes and getting a twenty eight dollar residual check that she's supposed to live off of. Right. 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 So she's saying I get stopped on the streets of New York every day. Mm -hmm. Love you on the show. You you know, you're on TV every day. You're a, a big TV actor. Mm hmm. And she can't make ends meet. And my um, my understanding is that what SAG, because SAG is also on strike, not just the mm-hmm. WJ, but uh, what SAG is asking for is actually success-based residuals, right? right? So if your show is a massive hit, like Orange is the New Black, uh, or Better Call Saul, for example, um, you know, then you you would get a residual that's commensurate to how your show is performing. So if it's Which a flop, nobody wins. complete sense. And right. it's how, yeah, and it's how right. it was all structured back when we, when advertisers were paying for the show, there was an accountability. You had to say, well, this many people are watching the show this week, so that's why this ad space costs this money. Right. It makes perfect sense. Completely. Um, but they are refusing to share any of that data. I, maybe you know this. I don't. Do I know nothing. Well, did they say that they don't have the data or that they are not willing to share it? They because... don't share it. Okay, okay. Because I know they have it because when I they do. <laughs> stop watching a show at minute 23 in March and I go back and start to watch that show again in November, it says, would you like to resume? So it knows right. exactly how much I've watched, how many times I've watched it. It knows right. all that. Stuff. They have all the data. They just won't share it. And because they don't want to pay people because their model doesn't work because they're giving people millions of dollars of content for $14 a month or whatever. Right. Now, Netflix is actually going to go to an ad based. They're, they're, they're saying that that's what they're going to do. And they're doing that because the thing that they introduced doesn't work financially for anybody. Doesn't work. Right. 
But I think it's interesting. And what I've heard now that I've been listening to some more things is apparently Netflix, Apple, and Amazon are all holding everybody else hostage Mm -hmm. because they have a totally different business model, specifically Amazon and Apple, who rely, and Disney a little bit because they rely on all these other things, right? Amazon sold me my light up feather boa that I'm Mm -hmm. going to wear for the Taylor Swift concert. Yep. Um, And then you're going to shake it off. Mm -hmm. And I'll shake it off. Yeah. And then um, uh, Apple, I hear, has something to do with computers. Oh, I don't know. I'm not into all that. No, no, no. I like to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Um, But so they have all this other money. So they're a little bit like, well, why should we pay the workers? (laughs) It's like a total tech company idea, right? Yeah. They're like, this isn't how we do business. And create and so anyway, everybody's on strike, but I think people feel pretty good about it. Like they they're not excited to be on strike, but no, of course not. And the the ripple effect that's heartbreaking is, you know, not just industry people, all the crew, yeah, behind the scenes, all those people are out of work. Yeah. But so therefore those people aren't going to get their lunches at nearby restaurants and they're not able to go get haircuts at their hairdressers, right? I mean, everybody is suffering. Yeah. Our town is dependent on the industry, our uh, Los Angeles. So it's, I mean, yeah, it's such a Republican mentality. If we have Republican listeners, you can, you can stop the the podcast. That's fine. Uh, it, unless it affects me, what do I care? That's what yeah. the Republican way is. And these CEOs are like, this is fantastic. I'm paying unlivable wages to everybody and I have all my yachts. Why would I change this? Yeah, yeah. And it's also a capitalist. I mean, it's capitalism Mm -hmm. thing, right? right? It's like that. And, you know, I heard an interesting thing. I think it was Jason. Is it Blum or Bloom? I never remember. Blumhouse? 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 Blumhouse, yeah. Blumhouse. He's a cool guy because he's very Mm artist-friendly. And he, way back in the day when it was very unpopular, started this model where he was like, listen, I'm just not going to pay you a bazillion dollars up front, and I'm I'm not going to do that. But I will give you a really nice chunk of the back end. So in success, since I'm the one taking all of the financial risk, should we reap financial reward, you will share in that. And that mm-hmm. has been his business model from day one. He's very artist-friendly. He's very emotional about it. Um, but he was talking about this idea of the CEOs getting too much money. But he's like, but if you talk about the CEOs, you have to also include Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy and all mm-hmm. of the celebrities that are getting, you know, a million dollars an episode, which right. that money is then not going into the pockets of crew and they have to cut corners somewhere right. else. It's like leveraging power to suck as much money out of it as possible, not leaving money for people who don't have as much power. Right. I mean, in a, in my beautiful communist vision, we all work under favored nations contracts, meaning everybody yeah. gets the same, right? Tom Hanks makes the same as the guy playing waiter a day rate. And right. may it be a generous day rate, and then there would be residuals and back end, you know. it's That's never going to happen, but no, something I, more equitable needs to happen. Well, and I think there is a certain, like, if you are very successful, then your pay should reflect that. I mean, mm-hmm. even what they're talking about with saying, hey, if you have a big fat hit on Netflix, then you got to pay people. And they're just not keeping up with 
they do it every time. They did it with DVDs and right. they did it with cable. Like Because they new- didn't know there yeah. was going to be any change a- coming. Yeah. This is a new and- technology and you're going to break it if you try to make us pay pay you for it. And we don't even know if anyone's going to watch, blah, blah, blah. Right. It's yeah. all shady and uh, cruel. They were, one. somebody was quoted as saying, well, when the writers have, can't feed their families, they'll cave. When they yeah. have to move out of their apartments and their houses, they'll cave. Yeah. Yeah. It's despicable. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's also funny because like, I admire writers and actors. I don't know if you felt this way when you first joined the guild, right? Like, but I, I was always like, you guys, we're lucky to just be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like I was, I was always kind of like, they're going to let me act. They're going to let me write, you know? Of course. And then I remember I got a commercial or something that ran and I had a couple commercials and it was the first time I ever qualified for health insurance. And when they sent it to me, I think I was like 25 years old, 26. And I was like, I don't even, I, I never even thought about getting health insurance. Like, do I need it? It, mm-hmm. It was not like I, I certainly wasn't going to go look for it and pay for it. I just didn't have it because right. why would I spend money on that when I have to network and be, drink beer till three in the morning? Do you see sure. the co- dilemma I was in? Who well, could drinking beer till three in the morning might mean you would want health insurance, but <laughs> I was I- invisible. A invisible? lot of injuries. Invincible. Oops. Invincible. Yeah. <laughs> I was never dying back then. Now we'll see, right? Uh, but but I was so impressed, like, and that, and it was, it has not been lost on me that you go like, oh my god, me as an actor, I never would have thought about health insurance or having a pension, like making this an actual living and not just a hobby, and the difference between that. And I love that there are people that feel so powerful in their creativity and and in how they contribute that they've actually decided to put a value on it and band Mm -hmm. together and go, no, this does have value. We've all built this industry together and we need to be a team and not enemies. Right. This is a a very particular industry where people can just use and abuse you. And, you know, if you were... uh, trying to be a lawyer, no one would say, well, you can practice law, but we're not going to pay you. But this industry <laughs> is notorious for like, you know, I'm making a short film. I'm not going to pay anybody. Yeah. And actors think, well, I need to be in a short. I need to do this. I need the experience. I need the contacts. I need the work. I need. And it's it's just no other industry would yeah. ask you to self-sacrifice the way this industry does. And it's gross. And now yeah. and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because it'll give me anxiety and my Xanax is in the house, not in my <laughs> studio. But then there's also the issue of AI. And I, I don't want to get yeah. in a big discussion. No. But yeah, essentially, these monsters at the top are saying, well, we don't even really need writers or actors because we can yeah. AI everything now. Yeah. And it just takes all the humanity out of art. Yes. Making film and TV should be art. It was designed to entertain and enlighten and bring communities together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's interesting, the parallel right now between the fight for democracy, right? Again, apologies to our Republican listener. Probably only one, right? I think we um, know who. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the idea that right now we are in a fight for like, well, what does democracy mean? Does it mean that you get to go out 
And even when you know the election results went one way, go back and say, no, those were false. And I want you to find me more votes where there are none. And I want you to jigger the system so that I can win and continue as president, right? The answer is yes (laughs) to all of that. Well, right. That's the thing where you go like, now the question has been put on the table. It's the same thing with like, okay, so AI exists. It's not going anywhere. Right Right now, the technology is not able to do that. So this really is, I mean, it's getting there though. And it will get there rapidly. We have to be forward thinking. Yes. So the question is, can we all think ethically and responsibly, right? Like I actually think it's okay for people to make millions and millions of dollars, right? But I, I, what I'm curious about is like, well, they're not asking, writers are not all asking for millions of dollars. They're asking for things that are reflective of their success. And, and actors are as well. We mm-hmm. weren't all sitting around complaining about everything. We haven't, you know, doubled and tripled our salaries. We're asking for things that are logical and match inflation and match the new landscape and, and certain you know, we're we're asking them to make promises about being ethical, which is everything a contract is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all pro-industry, too. I mean, that's a unique, I guess, when I talk, when I compare it to democracy, right? Mm-hmm. We have an industry that was torn down by a very specific kind of greed, mm-hmm. a very specific, I'm going to tear this industry apart in the name of making money. Right. And there are people, if the people who were fans of the old model band together and go, we need to rebuild something that's an e- a healthy ecosystem where the advertisers pay for the television, which gets to the people, which pays the advertisers, which pays for the television, which gets to the she's people. She's making circles with her yeah. finger as she's yeah. talking, and making. now I'm getting dizzy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do jazz hands to mellow Please, you out, to, to even d- you out. Get, yeah. <laughs> and a pot of boo Build me back up. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, you're, you're abs- I mean, you're right. Of course, you're right. Uh-huh. We just need to fight the fight and stick together and support the strikes. Yes. And therefore, we are you and I, as the man cave comes back from our summer hiatus, we will not be discussing struck work. We will not be yes. discussing film and TV. Yeah, we've got lots of other fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Lined up um, podcasts and audiobooks And I mean, we could even do wet t-shirt contests. We There are no limits. Live events. <laughs> Totally. We. I think we should probably finally review your OnlyFans channel. You know, I don't think we've talked about that. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Maybe for the sake of the podcast, you should pick one of your children to stay home tonight and I'll go see Taylor Swift with you so that you and I can debate and discuss. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. I'll run it by them. Suck it, Delilah. Um, And (laughs) Um, yeah. Oh, now she's good. Now Delilah's going to hear this and do a video of her mouthing. Yeah. Me saying suck it, Delilah. Yeah. If you haven't been on the Damn Discord it. and checked that out, although that might be a, a Fandy only, you know. Oh, it man, might be. Mancave.com slash Fandy. Because <laughs> we do. We're, we put fun stuff up on our Discord and yes. we interact with our our Fandies in, in a private Discord channel. And if you can afford five bucks a month, that gets you bonus content. You get our pre-show. Please yeah. join us on mancave.com slash bandy. And by the way, you know, per our conversation earlier, like it, we are striking right now. So like make it 10 bucks a month. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's especially, yeah, especially so. if you're in one of those industries where you do get paid for the work you do, like give it, give it over. Right. We're here for you. Well, <laughs> you know, who's not on strike is our brilliant engineer and producer, Pete Wright. Yes. Or our brilliant 
provider of music, Ian Post. Yes. He, by the way, is so annoyed with us right now because he's Why? like, what are they doing? They didn't give me a clean yeah. intro into the business. But well, you know what, Pete? We got to keep you on your toes. And this is like a pre-episode. Do you know what I mean? Yes. This is like a speed dating episode. Right. Next, our next episode, we just wanted to talk to people about like the strike because we are so yeah. knowledgeable. And right. now we have reached the end of our knowledge. Um, exactly. And... The next episode, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, a fabulous audiobook, yeah? Yeah, but can we play our brief game first? Oh, Jesus, she came with a game. This is why I love this woman, okay? Not just when she agrees with me, it's when she thinks ahead and made a game for me, even in our tiny mini-episode. Let's do it. I'm putting on my matching reading glasses. God you and damn. I are now wearing matching reading glasses. We are so in sync. This this thank season you. might be about us agreeing. I don't even know. Ew. Uh, <laughs> thank you to our number one fandy, Megan, uh, for sending a, a an article with the best picket signs from the writer's strike. Yes. So do you remember the old match game? Mm-mm. <gasps> you don't? Oh, I mean, okay. I... Will the, is if you tell in me. In the 70s, Gene Rayburn would hold one of those skinny microphones and he would be like, the the cook said, oops, my blank fell into the soup. And then this music would play. That's great. Very good. And then six celebrities, mostly just Charles Nelson Riley and Nipsey Russell, God rest <laughs> their souls, would would answer the question, and it was always full of oh, innuendo. Sure, you know, yes, yes. my bra, my boob fell in the soup. <laughs> Ouch! Like it was always. I know. Yeah, it's, it's a gazpacho. It's gazpacho. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Yeah. So, uh, we, you and I are going to play a little match game. I'm going to leave something Great. out of these signs. You're going to see if you can match what's in the sign. Great. Great. I'm. I'm guessing you will get zero out of a few. Here we go. Because <laughs> why would you know this? Okay. Without writers, blank will have nothing to punch up. Uh, so this was a, mm-hmm. some actor came out and claimed that they were punching up all their scripts and it, oh, it made the headlines. Oh, Ch- uh, Channing Tatum. No. Oh. But you, when you started to say it, I was like, she's going to get this. <laughs> it was Jenna Ortega who I very much oh, like. Oh, I love her. And she got in big old trouble saying, I punch up my scripts. Oh, dear. Yeah. That's punching okay. up below the belt. This one is designed especially for you, Mandy Fabian. Are you ready? Eee! It says, pay your writers or we'll spoil blank. The, the ending of succession. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yay! <laughs> um... Okay. Yeah. Outside of Disney, uh, somebody had a sign that said the blankiest place on earth. The Brown, cheap, the cheapiest, <laughs> the frugaliest, the shittiest. It's greediest. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Although I stand by my Disneyland experience. It was expensive, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but they they're an evil empire. Anyway, yeah, uh, they are. Okay. With so this one I it, I'll give you double just for fun. Okay. The CEOs have blank. Writers have blank. Oh god. 
Oh, God. I uh, mentioned what the CEOs have. Yeah. We were talking before. There you go. The CEOs have yachts. I was going to say that the writers have Yamama. Nope. Yazaz. No, have uh, scripts, have uh, uh, mortgages. Yes. Mandy, yes. It's the writers have mortgages. CEOs oh. have yachts. Although I you, thought Yazaz would have been a good, a close second. Yeah. I don't know what the heck that was. Okay. <laughs> and then here's the last one it is a Seinfeld reference. Writers holding up a sign from that says "No blank for you." <laughs> no soup for you. No scripts for you. There you go. <laughs> See, you could be a clever I could WGA be a clever. sign writer. Yes. Oh my god. I'm gonna. I'm gonna think on that. I saw a good one on the acting on the SAG line that said, um, "Name, name your favorite movie without actors," mm-hmm. which I thought. Boy, that packed a wallop. You know what Anything I mean? Anything with Mel- Megan Fox would be my uh, answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't follow that. That was great. Thank you for my game. Thank you, Megan. Megan yes. Esther, thank you. Okay, so we we are listening to an um, audiobook. Yeah. And we will record our episode next week. So by the time people hear this, they will still have a week to listen. It's confusing, yeah. but it's a short fun book. It's the new Curtis Sittenfeld, mm-hmm. who I love. Um, she wrote Prep, which is what got her famous. And then my favorite is American Wife, oh which my is not based on Laura Bush's life at all. It has <laughs> nothing to do with Laura Bush. It is purely a work of fiction. Was Curtis ever a writer in this genre? We could talk about it. We'll talk about it on the podcast. We'll, we'll discuss okay. Curtis and all of her glory. She's amazing. This one's called Romantic Comedy or Romantic. Uh, Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't know about the dick part, but (laughs) in in that vein, gross, I did actually think that Curtis was a man. So you've enlightened me in so many ways today. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. I love you. And I'll see you next week for our real real kickoff season five launch. Hell yeah. We love you. So official. 